With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs with you here on a Tuesday, and this is kind of a different podcast. Never done anything like this before, but I, I don't know about you guys. If you're anything like me, I'm just itching for Hawkeye content right now, right? We, we've got the number five team in the country, a top three team in the Big Ten, which is the best league in the country. We're into March. I think this is, I saw yesterday, this is the highest ranked an Iowa team has been in March since 1966. We've got the National Player of the Year. And, and just a lot going on. A couple of big games this week, a big Big Ten tournament next week, and then obviously the NCAA tournament where right now I was projected to be a two-seed uh, with the possibility if they you know win out and go on a run in Indianapolis in the Big Ten tournament could be a one-seed. So the excitement is as high as it's ever been. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I, again, I can't get enough Hawkeye content, and I thought maybe some of you would be like me. So here's what I did. Um, I'm going to go through today's media conference. Uh, Fran McCaffrey, a couple players met with the media today. I'm sure you've seen tweets and and recaps and transcripts. If you want to see video of it, it's up at HawkeyeNation.com. Rob Howe took care of that for us this afternoon. I'm just going to kind of go through some of the highlights of this and talk around them. So what I'm going to do is kind of introduce the clip. I will play Fran McCaffrey, Luca Garza, whoever it is talking, and then comment on it just a little bit. So I don't know how long this is going to last. Uh, I don't know how much much any of us will get out of this exercise but you know again I just I want to talk more Hawkeyes I haven't seen uh, or heard the the video today the audio today from this press conference because I was working on the radio while this was happening and so uh, I'll be hearing a lot of this for the first time as well and just kind of reacting to it as it happens so I appreciate you joining me for this and we'll start out with just uh, the the first question Fran was asked which is You've got a pretty hot now Nebraska team. Two wins in a row, a beatdown of Rutgers last night, coming into Iowa City on Thursday, and uh, and it's a it's a big game for Iowa, and one that you probably can't just chalk up as a as an automatic win anymore. Uh, so here's Fran McCaffrey talking a little bit about the Huskers. You know, I think you got to give a lot of credit to Fred. Uh, you know, he he when he got sick and when they first paused, he called me to to tell me. And he's, he said, you know, we're going to make up the games. You know, we're, we're all systems go. We'll, we'll get better. And, and you got to give him credit. Not only have they done that, they played well. Uh, played really well yesterday. Won uh, what, three out of the last four or whatever. Uh, really playing well, sharing the ball. Uh, but, you know, I think 
you know, making a statement with, okay, we had, we had, uh, we had some difficulties we had to overcome, but we're going to go ahead and, and finish out the schedule and we're going to continue to compete. You got to respect that. And Fran's right. You, you got to respect the way that Nebraska has continued to compete and the way that Fred Hoiberg uh, apparently called him up and must have called other coaches as well and said, hey, th- don't worry, we're going to make these games up. Fran has been uh, confident that this game would be made up uh, for several weeks, and, and now we know why. Um, you know, n- not a lot to break down in this game. If Iowa plays its game, if Iowa plays well, if Iowa plays like everything is on the line, which it is in every game now, uh, the Hawkeyes will, will have no problem winning this game. One of the reasons that Iowa has come on and, and this streak has been so fun is the defense, and Fran was asked about the improvement of his team's defense. It's not complicated. It really isn't. Uh, you know, you got you to gotta get down and guard the ball off the dribble. You got to get back. You got to rebound. It's all connected that way. You know, when you only give up two offensive rebounds to Ohio State, it's a very good offensive rebounding team. You know, that that's a big statement. You know, how we defend in ball screens, we're doing a much better job there. Uh, you know, that stuff's hard to guard when you have other, other actions going on. So I think our guys have really locked into uh, personnel, to scouting, and really, you know, committed to playing defense on all levels, which is you know, obviously transition half court, regardless of what defense we're in and uh, and fighting people on the glass. The defense has been remarkable. The the explosion of this defense, the effort that, that we see night in and night out, uh, the improvement just statistically of this defense. I think Ken Palm, Iowa has gone from about 130th in defense efficiency uh, a month ago to 59th now. And so now you're starting to see kind of this this team look more like the type of team, the prototypical type of Elite Eight, Final Four type team where the offense and defense can kind of match up. I think we've seen over the last couple of, uh, of games that Iowa has focused a little bit more on rebounding than getting into transition. It's focused a little bit more on defending than starting their offense right away. What has that done? It's caused the offense to slow down just a little bit. I think 73 points against Ohio State on Sunday. That's not near what Iowa can score or what they did score against the Buckeyes in Iowa City just a few weeks ago. But they also held the number three offense team, offensive team in the country to 57 points and, and resulted in a blowout runaway win over a top 10 team on the road. So you're, you're sacrificing some things when you put that kind of effort into the defensive end. But I think what this team is starting to learn, uh, hopefully starting to learn, is that that's, that's a sacrifice that's worth making. If you can limit the other team's offensive rebounds and second chance points, even if you're not able to get into transition right away, you can still run your half-court offense and, and score a lot of points and, and get big wins. So it'll be interesting to see how this continues, uh, not just this week, but then obviously into, into Indianapolis, the Big Ten tournament. And then really, once you get to the NCAA tournament, things are so different. You're outside of league play. You're not playing teams that have scouted you for years and years. You're not playing with the same referees necessarily. I was excited about the the, the prospect of what like a Joe Wieskamp could have done last year in the tournament. You know, late in the season, he really got figured out by a lot of Big Ten defenses. They got more physical with him, and he struggled to to kind of fight through that and had kind of a slump at the end of his sophomore year. I was excited to see. Hey, once you get away from these teams, once you get calls differently, games that are called differently, uh, what's Joe Wieskamp going to do in the tournament? Obviously, we didn't get to see that as the NCAA tournament was uh, was taken from us last year. It'll be interesting to see kind of what this team does uh, moving forward here. Hope the defense 
stays a priority for this team because I think that's key, uh, not just in, in winning a couple of games this week, but certainly when you start to go up against teams like Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan, and then once you get into the NCAA tournament. We hadn't heard much about Jack Nunji. Obviously, we knew he had a season-ending injury. Fran McCaffrey was asked about Nunji and uh, and kind of the plans to uh, what, what his outlook looks like and who will play in his stead. Jack had surgery today, uh, went well. And we expect him back sometime during the summer, maybe the middle, maybe the, the end of the summer. We expect him back next year. He has a very positive outlook on this whole thing. Despite all what he's been through, you know, he's been amazing in, in my in my view. Been doing this a long time. Really, really proud of him. Uh, we're all pulling for him. You know, Josh is getting better. You know, he, you know, he didn't make the trip last uh, to Ohio State. He wasn't feeling good, so he's. Uh, we'll see how he is today. Uh, you know, but the other guy that uh, can jump in there is uh, is Chris Murray. You know, I think he's ready uh, for a shot, so that's a possibility. Uh, we can also play smaller. You know, put put Tony Perkins in there. He's a really athletic wing that that really attacks the glass. So there's a lot of ways we can go. Obviously, it starts with. You know, our top three subs, you know, Keegan, Patrick, and Joe T. Uh, we were able to play those eight and, and do okay with it. Uh, but uh, at some point, we're going to need another big guy. You're right. And uh, I'm comfortable, or, or I should say getting more comfortable with the possibility of playing, you know, Josh and Chris in particular. A good answer there. It'll be interesting to see kind of what this team looks like moving forward without Jack Nunji. I thought it was great, obviously, to see uh, big minutes and, and important minutes and controlled play from Joe Toussaint against Ohio State. That was such a key in that game. Uh, Patrick McCaffrey has played very well. His connection with Joe Toussaint is is remarkable. It's so much fun to watch those two guys ball together. Uh, things still need to slow down a little bit for Patrick near the hoop. He still seems like things are going a little fast for him, but he'll, he'll figure that out. He's a young guy. And then Keegan Murray and uh, and kind of the just smooth confidence that he plays with as a freshman it's it's really kind of remarkable how well he has done and integrated himself within this team to the point where he's a key cog on a top five team in the country as a freshman will his brother get some playing time it sounds like that's a possibility and it sounds like coach uh, McCaffrey is comfortable with with that so we'll see how that kind of goes forward I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is the deal each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm going to let this next one run a little bit as uh, as McCaffrey, Coach McCaffrey, is asked about kind of some of the the legacy and history of both Luca Garza and Jordan Bohannon, a couple of guys that we've all really, really been lucky to watch play their careers as Hawkeyes. Friend, this will be the last uh, two home games for uh, for Luca and for uh, for Jabo. Um, can you kind of? I know you'd love to have fans there for him, but can you kind of talk about, you know, maybe not having, not having the fans there to honor those guys and, um, and what they've meant to your program? Yeah. I mean, we all wish the place was full and they could be 
honored properly. You know, we're going to do the best we can. Uh, pretty much what we always do. You know, but unfortunately, not, not even the parents are going to be allowed on the floor. They're going to be up. Uh, you know, hope to honor them uh, at another time, maybe at the banquet, maybe next year at a game when it's full again. But uh, those two guys have been so instrumental in, in so much success in our program's history. Uh, you know, I'm just thankful to have had the opportunity to coach both of them and watch them grow and develop and become record setters, essentially. So, uh, you know, we'll do the best we can on Sunday for them. Uh, but... Uh, at some point, they'll, they'll be honored again, I'm sure. Continuing along that line, Fran, uh, Jordan has said repeatedly how he appreciates that, that uh, you believed in him from the get-go and took a chance on him where other major programs maybe weren't as interested. And then you were in so early on Luca, uh, and, they, and uh, Luke and his dad have mentioned that repeatedly. Just if, if you could go back five years, six years, and talk about, in a nutshell, what you saw in those two guys. Yeah, you know, I had the, the luxury of watching Jordan at a very young age. He played with Connor. Uh, they went to uh, Las Vegas to play, and uh, he was terrific there, and obviously watched him throughout his high school career because they used to play against West High two times a year, but then they would play in the, in, in the fall leagues and the spring leagues. So I, you know, I really watched Jordan uh, develop. And, uh, you know, when you're doing that, I mean, the reality is you're, you're comparing him to other players that you may have seen or your staff is recruiting that are from other states and, and, and play on other AAU teams. And, you, and you're, you're going through the process. You know, and I think what, what happened with Jordan was you know, he just consistently played well no matter who he played against, you know, whether he was playing uh, you know, for his high school coach, uh, whether he was playing for, for Hank Huddleston, you know, with the Martin brothers. Uh, he just always played well. And whenever he played against high-level guys, he, he played well. And I think it just got to the point where it was a no-brainer for me, uh, you know, I can't speak to why others didn't think so uh, because you know, it wasn't like he ever played poorly in any game that I ever attended and I saw him quite a bit. Uh, but the other thing is, you know, he has a, a competitive side that uh, most people don't have. They just don't have it. And he has it and he's fearless. And I think you saw it when he was a freshman. Some of the performances were amazing in his sophomore year, which is one that that I will always remember because I mean he gutted it out. I mean Connor got sick and had the red shirt. We didn't have a point guard, and he's playing on two bad hips and plantar fasciitis. I mean that's it. That's the epitome of toughness right there. He just fought through and never complained one time. I didn't even know he had anything wrong with him. He just showed up and, and played. Uh, so to, to watch him enjoy the success that he has and, and you know, break Jeff Horner's record was, was a tremendous player here. I coached against him uh, and be where he is on the scoring charts and three-point makes. 
I'm just, I'm really happy for him, for his family, who I've gotten to know really well and very proud of him. Now, Luca, different situation coming from a different part of the country. I, you know, I've said this many times. I was fortunate enough to watch him play against Connor, who was on an, an AAU team that was a provisional EYBL team, uh, which is the Nike organization. And, uh, he just impressed me the first time I saw him. Then I was fortunate enough to see him again in St. Louis at the Nike Elite 100. And then I saw him at Nike Top 100. And I saw him on the on the circuit. He played for Chuck Drizell. I had a chance to, to watch him for, for his high school team. And again, uh, for whatever reason there, 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 that I couldn't figure out, there were knocks on him in the recruiting process. But what was interesting, and Frank and I would talk about this, uh, we both knew that in the end, he would have everybody there wanting him. And I, and I think it was important, maybe not so much to, to Luca, but to Frank to see how, how his hard work paid off with the recognition that he deserved. So by the end of the summer of his junior year, before his senior year, when really the recruiting decisions are made, he pretty much had everybody that wanted him. What, like you said, we were in first in terms of a BCS school that said, hey, you're our guy. And uh, we never wavered from that. And, and you know, the, the whole getting in early thing, I think a lot of people thinks, well, they think that goes a long way. And it does, but it goes a long way because you develop a relationship. It's not, well, we remember the first school that offered. You, you develop a relationship in a way that, that I think builds trust. And, and that's, that's what we had. You know, Luca and, and his, his parents and his high school coach trusted us. And, and that's a tremendous feeling as a coach. And then you bring a guy in with tremendous work ethic. You watch him compete at the highest level, uh, achieve phenomenal success, and, and most importantly, you, you watch both these guys, you know, really, really have fun and enjoy this experience uh, and watch them become talented freshmen and ultimately uh, team leaders. And, uh, and that's what you want as a coach. You want your, your leadership to come from within the locker room and not just from the coaching staff, because if it does, it never works. So I'm it's really, really happy for both of them and proud of both of them. Yeah, friends, staying on the Luca topic, um, I'm not sure if you have any say in this, but do you believe he should have his number retired here? And if so, what does that say about an athlete when they get that kind of an honor? Very rare. I mean, I, I've had I've had a few. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm I, I don't think you're 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 wrong on that one. I think that's a no-brainer. That'll happen. It's a question of when. Well deserved, and and uh, I'll look forward to that moment. And so you know, so will he and his family. But right now, I think his focus is not on that. But I appreciate the question. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll happen, Mark, without, without a doubt. Really fun to hear Fran talk about kind of uh, his relationship with those seniors, those, those couple of players who are all-time Hawkeyes. I mean, a couple of guys who have left their mark on this program, on the league, on the country, and still have work to do. Uh, really just kind of fun to hear 
you know, the the recruiting stories and kind of when Fran got in on them, the relationship that he has built with these guys. And, you know, say what you want about Fran and his demeanor and how he treats the media and things like that. There's never been a question that the players who play for him love him and respect him. He's never had mass transfers. I mean, really many transfers at all. Isaiah Moss uh, transferred, but, um, you know, that, that, that was kind of a one-off thing. Uh, and and so cool to hear all of that. And at some point, it will be great as we get out of this season, um, get out of the day to day, and hopefully get out of this pandemic. And we can all kind of look back and truly appreciate uh, what these two players have meant to this program and to us as fans. And then also let them know what they've meant to us. You know, bring them back next year when Luca's jersey is retired, when we can honor Bohannon passing Horner on that assist list. Um, whenever we can like get back into Carver Hawkeye Arena. And, and really kind of let these guys know what they've meant to us all. I think we're all looking forward to that. Uh, let's move on to some of the players. I won't do quite as much here, but uh, Luca did kind of address uh, whether or not, or I guess what Coach said about his jersey being retired. You know, that's that's a dream come true. You know, I, I think when I you know, came to university, you know, I don't think if you told me then that I would you know, be in a position to have my jersey retired, I, I would have told you you're crazy. You know, I wanted to work as hard as I could, but and, and play as hard as I could. But you know, for that to happen, you know, it's 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 truly special. And you know, I've, this place has given me so much, and I, I just hope that I've given half as much back. So that's just cool. I mean, it's it's always cool to hear Luca talk about his time at Iowa, the way that uh, the fan base and his for his players and uh, his coaching staff and you know everybody has kind of embraced him and his father and his family and made him feel at home. He was a guy from D.C., from the big city, never been to the Midwest, and uh, and has really found a home here and, and been embraced by all of us. And uh, and then obviously has you know given us a lot in return. Obviously, so. Uh, that was fun to hear Luca Garza talk about that. Let's move on to Jordan Bohannon, another guy that we will uh, certainly miss when his days at Iowa are done. He was asked about playing in a pandemic and, and actually knocking out 27 games or what we hope will be 27 regular season games uh, and getting to the finish line, getting to a Big Ten tournament and an NCAA tournament coming up here, uh, what it was like to play through a pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it's a testament to the sacrifices that we've made as a team. You know, we said from day one, Back in, you know, early summer to August, around October, that said, and around October is kind of when we locked everything down. We said we're going to, you know, focus on basketball. But we're not going to, you know, go outside and, you know, go downtown, go see people, go see our friends, go see our families even. And we said we're going to be focused on this team throughout the entire season. And because of we haven't had any pauses, that shows the testament of, you know, the guys in the locker room really sacrificing a lot and not, you know, going outside, you know, there's social distancing circles and, you know, it, it has been tough, you know, doing that for this amount of times, um, you know, having big wins and wanting to go see your friends, wanting to go hang out with your families after games and not being able to do that. It's kind of just been all, 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 all work the entire year and just continue to work on ourselves. It's, it's been tough, but like I said, you know, we've sacrificed a lot and we want to have it to mean something towards the end of the season. I think we're on pace to do that. Jordan was also asked about senior day and what it would be like without his parents on the floor, uh, what it would mean to, to him to have kind of a strange senior day, uh, his final game at Carver-Hawkeye Arena this Sunday. It's definitely going to be different. Not having my mom and dad you know, by my side, walking out of the court, you know, all the blood, sweat, and tears I've put on Carver-Hawkeye Arena. and 
Um, just thinking about the, the ride that I've had, you know, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. It's been an incredible opportunity that Coach McCaffrey has given me. Um, and I, I can't I can't believe, you know, the journey that I've been on. Just truly blessed. I thank God every day for, you know, how how he set me up for life to, you know, provide me with this platform to inspire the younger generation, you know, put me with a family that, you know, my my, my mom and dad raised me the right way. My brothers gave me this competitive edge gave me a huge advantage when I first stepped foot on campus. Um, yeah, it's going to be really bittersweet, but truly grateful and thankful for everything that has happened this last five years. And then want to wrap it up with just one fun one. Austin Ash was uh, was asked uh, about a, a three-point shooting contest uh, between he and Jordan Bohan, and obviously Austin Ash will be another senior that's honored uh, this week as, as he goes out. We've seen him hit a couple of threes. We've seen the way the bench reacts when he does hit a three, and he's a confident shooter, as you'll hear right here. Uh, I, I would have to pick myself there. Um, I'll never bet it against anybody besides myself when it comes to shooting. Obviously, Jordan... I wouldn't uh, take anybody else against them in the whole country. Um, the guy's proven it time and time again, shooting bombs and shooting at a high percentage and has hit so many clutch threes throughout his career. But uh, I had to take myself over him, and I think he knows I would say that as well. So there it is. That's the uh, the media availability. If you want to see more of that, see video of it. I, I just kind of cut little pieces of especially those player interviews. So HawkeyeNation.com right now on the front page. You can watch that video uh, and check check that out. And uh, we'll have a lot more coming up. Obviously, Thursday night, 8 o'clock, home against Nebraska, a big game. And then Sunday, wrapping up the regular season at home against Wisconsin, an 11.30 tip in that game. Iowa really needs to go 2-0 and in these games. I think we all expect them to do that, but... You gotta win, right? And uh, and so so just go out and win these two games, uh, get that double bye, hopefully that three seed in the Big Ten tournament. Stay away from Michigan until the final of that, and then who knows? You know the sky's the limit at that point. Are you a two seed? Are you a three seed? I think if Iowa goes two and zero this week and wins one game at the Big Ten tournament, they are a two seed. I think they can get up to a one line with a win over Michigan. Or re- really, maybe just a win over Illinois in the semifinals. Because if it comes down to Iowa and Illinois in that in those final, you know, for that final one seed, it's going to be hard to ignore that one team won the game the day before Selection Sunday. Uh, if that's how it ultimately lines up, and. And then again, who knows? We'll see. But uh, I'll be back with an instant reaction podcast Thursday night, win or lose against Nebraska. And uh, stay tuned to HawkeyeNation.com for uh, coverage of your favorite team, my favorite team, all our favorite team, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Thank you so much for listening. Go Hawks.